Welcome to the Sports Carnage Podcast, presented by Detroit Sports Nation, featuring Paul Roshan, D. Dylan Bear, and Ryan Griffin, delivering the most arrogant takes on the planet straight to your ears. We don't promise to always be right, but we promise to act like we are. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Sports Carnage, along with Ryan Griffin, Dylan Bear, Paul Rashan, I'm Matt Basson. Got Game 3, Boston and Carolina going on right now. The Bruins up 1-0 on the Hurricanes and up 2-0 in the series. Uh, got Game 1 of the Golden State Warriors and the Portland Trailblazers going on right now in the Western Conference Finals. The NBA lottery literally just happened. My Los Angeles Lakers somehow jumped up into the top four but got no higher than that. The New York Knicks, who haven't had the number one pick since the very first draft lottery in 1985 and got Patrick Ewing, did not get the top spot this time either. They got the number three pick. The number two pick went to Memphis, which means AD is staying in New Orleans because the Pelicans have got the number one pick and are probably taking Zion Williamson for the future of keeping the Pelicans in New Orleans, that is now going to be on Zion's shoulders. What do you mean, bet, Paul? I mean, bet. AD's not He's got one more year on his contract. He can't go nowhere. Yeah, they're going to trade him so that they have two top five picks in this draft and whatever else they get in compensation for AD and actually start the rebuild the proper way. You don't think AD wants to play with Zion? No. no, I super do not. You got a twin towerish effect. One's not so towerish, but yeah, like apparently he plays towerish. Like AD, it's a twin the, tower with Charles Barkley light. The worst part is Hold I, on. he's getting trapped in the Zion hype in a way that I know, Paul, you and I are not. I just want to know where the twin tower is. I know AD's <laughs> tall, but Zion's What do you like mean? Zion is apparently AD. seven foot seven. You didn't hear? <laughs> no, I, I the way ESPN's been talking about him for 18 years now, that man is eight the feet tall. The fact he was at, and hits okay, half court shots at 50 percent. Seven foot seven guys. <laughs> My man Taco. Taco, he took him down. But Taco, yo, seriously, man, your man Taco is soft as Charmin. Oh man, he's skinny. I don't care how skinny he is. How are you gonna let Zion hit that shot? You knocked that man out of the sky. Because Zion's a freight train. What do you mean? How are you Zion is a knock that man out of the Taco Ball is seven foot like six. A, you literally like cross body him. You think Zion is a foot shorter it? than him and still has 100 pounds on him. Hmm. I'm just saying. Man, Taco Ball's hand is the size of Zion's Matt body. being so passionate about a dude <laughs> that. Uh, oh, my God. I don't, look, here's the problem. First off, you're bold as hell to think that that relationship isn't beyond tainted already. I don't get that at all, how you don't see that. that, that number one, the relationship between the two organizations is no bueno. It's done. On top of that, Paul But they got 100%. rid of that. They got rid of the president. That should fix things. No. The GM. It, well, the GM, whatever. Okay. They got rid of something. Well, it was, it was the GM, but that's not even the primary sword. The fans are still pissed. He still quit on them. That won't change anything. Just that like team LeBron's wasn't going nowhere. relationship with his. That's not the point. You're, you, you are pretending like somehow because they got the number one pick for a guy that is no guarantee to bring them any closer to a title than Anthony Davis did. 
that somehow everything is hunky-dory. Paul is 100% correct. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Sam Hinkie, who died for our sins of NBA team building, we, the Pelicans, to do things right, need to get rid of Anthony Davis to start a true rebuild with a really low cap that is going to help them in the future to get an extra max player on top of really good draft picks and the number one overall pick. I'm totally with that. Anthony Davis is still moving if David Griffin has any sense in him at all. You say the fans are turning on AD acting like the Pelicans have fans. That's even more proof of my point. (laughs) So what fans are they turning on? Fans now, all their all their ticket sales. You didn't see the ticket office video? They're going hype. <laughs> Already I mean, going I, nuts. Should have gotten season tickets last week. If you're the Pels, why wouldn't you make a trade for, say, the Lakers? Right? The Lakers give up the fourth pick, Kuzma, and some other young player. Who? Say Wagner. Come yeah. on, man. Kuzma. It's Kuzma, Kuzma. my guy. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I don't take time to Cosmo. learn the enunciations of scrub ass players. Uh you sound like Snoop Dogg. That was such a that was such a reach. Cosmo. No, I Matt was passionately defending his man last week, uh, against the likes of Jason Tatum and Oh yeah. That well, that asinine BS. <laughs> apparently Asin- what is that, wrong that with was, you that guys? That was in the chat. They uh, don't know apparently, about that. Oh my apparently God. Matt slept with Kuzma. So. <laughs> no, y'all, you acting like Kyle Kuzma is trash is just ridiculous. I, did, I, did, I never said Talking about how apparently. wonderful D'Lo is and Jason Tatum. No, no, Ryan did. He is trash. He is not trash. Are you going to call the man trash? Regardless, so you're the Pels. You have the first overall pick, who you're probably taking Zion, even though that's a mistake. And then you can get the fourth pick, plus two more young players. Yeah. How else would you want to start Why a rebuild? Why take Zion when you can take Rodney Hood? <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, I mean, I, 100%, Paul and I are in lockstep here. The most sensible thing, and absolutely brilliant thing, would be to be, instead of keeping him, which is what everyone expects, uh, offload him still. The Knicks are Wait, desperate. Who, they will give you him to that number three. The Knicks are gonna are gonna give the you the didn't, number didn't four you pick. Just say they were gonna keep him. Of course, I said it. I'm talking about re, you know people that actually have reasoning. ESPN was all up and up and down that shit, all over the. Are you okay? For real, hang on. Guys? I said on, have reasoning, and you said ESPN. I mean, I these no, these are no, no, no. This is no, no. ESPN has much more faith in the E part of their name than the S part in their name. You're not wrong, but regardless, conventional wisdom would be: Hey, just keep Anthony Davis, and what they should do is still trade him to New York and get that number four pick, get Dennis Smith Jr., and then New York has the third pick. Oh, boom! There you go. You could get yourself. You could reasonably get yourself Zion and John Morant. I Can mean, you imagine? Boston, Boston's still in play. That that's. I mean, they have players. <laughs> the players that all took a step back this year. Right, Morant might Morant might go too, though. So you don't have a guarantee that uh, Memphis isn't going to take another point guard when they have Conley still. No, if Memphis keeps two... They were trying to dump Conley for years. They'll take Barrett. They will take Barrett. They'll take Barrett if Zion goes one. Memphis yeah. will take R.J. Barrett. He's a he's a good fit. He's a perfect fit for them at that two spot. Yep. They haven't really what ever what had What they one. need versus what they already have? 
Yeah, and that John like, Morant's okay. going to be ball dominant, and you can't have See, that. And Mike the Conley. worst part is, is I'm super mad because Conley, my team. I wanted. Jo- That's the thing is, it is y'all uh, not y'all. I'm sorry. I keep. I say y'all is just a colloquial phrase, but everybody thinks Zion's going to be the best player out of this draft. I think Morant, bar none, is going to be. I wanted the Bulls to get him so bad. I hate. Number seven, we're going to get Darius Garland, and I hate it because he ain't going to be crap. No, you can get that fool from Texas it. Tech. <laughs> uh, look, I'll take Culver over Garland, but they're going to take Garland. I can just feel it in my bones, and I hate it. God, he's such a mm, – that's going to be so bad. It's just Chris he's Dunn all over shit, again. Though. Yeah, just as well as Chris Dunn. Uh-huh. I'm not going to lie, I, I I had a big grin come across my face when I saw that Bulls up next to that seven. Yeah, screw off. <laughs> Derrick Rose died twice. Oh, Garland was hurt all year, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of went through that I mean, shit already. So was, so was, so was Kyrie. <laughs> no, nah, man, they're going to yeah, take we'll Iggy, go. Iggy Brasdakis, they're going to put him up with Laurie Markkinen. You're going to have the European the Twin no. Towers. <laughs> what is with you in Twin Towers today? You... I want them back. <laughs> Did you yeah, watch like the, World Trade yeah, Center or something? <laughs> oh, 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 Laurie's better than any player you got on your team. Shut up. Anyway, that's not true. Oh, okay. Yeah, for sure. You're, you got a grand future going he's not, on. Here. Hang on, hang on, hang on. He is not better than Blake Griffin. Well, that's that's true, but Blake Griffin's also going to so, okay, wind up so sitting then, out so half the year. What you said wasn't true. Like yeah, as of right now, Blake Griffin's still a piston, so he's not better than any than everyone on our team. Just almost everyone on our wait, team. Wait, wait, what do you what do you mean for now? You, your dumbass owner ain't getting rid of his ass. You know that's not happening. This is what I'm saying. So Lori Markinen is not better than everyone on the Pistons. But but Blake isn't gonna wind up playing. He had his healthiest year this year. Next year, but just by the logic Didn't of diminishing Lori just ret- miss like thirty games. Alright, you know what? He's young, he has time to heal. Oh, good. It's time to get hurt more. (laughs) (laughs) Don't speak that, man. I've already dealt with Derrick Rose dying twice in front of my eyes. I don't want it again. I know. And Denzel Valentine, he's getting hurt for you guys, too. Oh, who? So crushing. I'm sorry. (laughs) I didn't even know he was on our roster. Crazy. Who's that guy? Uh, Broke-ass Draymond Green? Is that what you just said? Dumbass Draymond Green. Yeah, yeah. With the gap teeth about as wide as his intelligence. Anyways, ooh, ooh, Collins, ooh, how's that feel, buddy? You just got beat by a man whose last name was Looney. He disrespected your name. Yeah, he does it again in about 45 seconds for you. What the f- How? How? I'm not that behind. My God. Stop it. Because your cheap ass doesn't want to get cable. No, okay, dead ass, you're wrong. There's no chance you're right on this. Get out of here. Uh, yeah, what uh, what that, minute that, mark that, are you that, guys wait, at? Hang on. That your cheap ass doesn't want to get cable? No, 50, what minute mark are you seconds, at? Seconds, 53.4. Okay, I'm at 112. So 20 uh-huh. seconds. And the, so and the clock stops twice in the next 112, right. 53.4. So, it, just man. so you know. <laughs> Looney, Looney, stop it. Oh, he got his ass. He got him sorry. again. Sorry, about he 35 seconds him. later. He punked Looney's him again. He's about to get a huge contract off this series alone, or this playoff run alone. Who, Looney? Yeah. Anyways, 
So, I don't know. Uh, just throw it into some playoff thing. I don't care. I just want to talk about it. Let's go. Well, we have uh, Portland. <laughs> okay, okay. So, we're still what talking we, about we've already, we've already started. We already started talking about the playoffs with the fact that you are 45 seconds behind because your ass is too cheap to buy cable. So, you are behind in the fact of the score of the Portland Trailblazers versus the Golden State Warriors. You are behind in the fact that Boston is up 2 nothing now in the second period over Carolina with about 6.45 in the second period. I don't care period. about I don't care about hockey anymore. Let's go. Oh, hockey's dead to you now. No, the, look, the NBA did something I didn't think it could, which is made actually compelling playoffs. That last, that round, that second round was amazing. And yeah, well, I got mad into it, but, you, but you're going to be disappointed in these conference finals. Uh oh oh is that right? Really? Is that, is that what the score shows yes. right now? Is that what the score what? shows right now, Ryan? Aren't they up six at the end of the first quarter? Or is it four or something? They're up four, so they're up four at home without their best player. Who's probably who against, may not against even a play, team that they beat so. in two of the last three years. Also, I do want to point out that you definitely need to need to apologize to me because you jumped down my throat about giving praise to Portland, and here they are in the conference finals. I'm just saying. I don't think Ryan ever jumped down your throat for that. Yes, he did. I like I Ryan will, jumps, no, Peter. Ryan jumps down your throat when you say dumbass things like "I thought of the name for the podcast." No, a hundred. Uh, uh, no, okay, fine. I mean, I, you want to do I that. didn't think they'd win either series, but <laughs> you a hundred. I don't ever be mad at you for it. You definitely went and trashed my name because I sat there and gave credit to Portland for actually showing up in the playoffs. And you said, oh, but they're still just choke artists. And I'm like, dude, it's impressive what they're doing, even though they have the same core of guys and they're minus their starting center. Except you played both sides of the coin because you said the same stuff with different reasoning about Denver. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. I don't care. Anyways, Ryan, you need to you need to apologize because I will play I will play the audio clip of you disrespecting my name over the Portland Trailblazers. I will do it. I will play it right now. Play it. Go get hype about a team that's about to get swept. I'm yeah. See, this is what I'm talking about. The disrespect. You think they they get swept? This is asinine. Let's go. Wait, they're not getting swept. I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna find it right now. You with your absolutes. Hang on a second, there, Ryan. You think? Golden State sweeping Portland? Yeah, I think it's five. You think bet, it's five? Bet, bet, only, bet. only because the last two won six. But I think it's five. It won't be less than six. Let's go bet it. Bet it. Come on now, Ryan. Yes, Ryan I'll never bet it. bets. Let's go. What are you talking about? He just I mean, said I'm he'll bet it. Like it. He just okay, said he'll bet it. it. I, I bet stupid-ass Mac Brown won't win a division. <laughs> hey, that was entirely predicated on Kelly Bryant not being an idiot and going to Missouri. God, what was he thinking? I was going to bet Barry I was gonna call that Michigan Sorry. State would win more games than Michigan next year before his entire program decided to leave. Wow. <laughs> <That> <laughs> the wounds so are still fresh. Is that our transition? Because that's pretty no, good. No, we're is still doing playoffs. No, no, that was Ryan, why do you got to jump us like that? Such, All right. be such a wonderful so transition. God, so man. last year, no, Portland gets bounced in the first round. can't say dumb things like I don't make bets. See, this is this is when Ryan jumps down your throat when you attack his credibility as a man. That's some. No, we had discussed though the parameters of that bet required two of the three coming back, and that was before Beeline decided he was dipping. Yeah, but we're not talking about Beeline yet. We're not talking about Beeline yet. Also, it's a misframing to say that he only gets mad whenever I'm wrong because he always defends the NBA, so he's always wrong. So. 
You know. Oh. I just I just told you we weren't gonna get good conference finals. How's that defending the NBA? Okay. What? Nope. 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 Go on, Matt. What are you gonna nope, say? No, nope, no, <laughs> no, no defending yourself. Wait, hold on a second. No, How because that has nothing good... to. Do, that has I'll, nothing I'll, to do I'll, with I'll what I said. I'll explain on the podcast, but I don't expect How are these we not... to be very compelling. How are we not getting a good Bucks Raptors series? I know. Because I don't. The Bucks are gonna win in five too. Oh, wait, what? Five, what? Two. Yeah. <laughs> Did you? No, but no, what? Bucks are gonna win in five too. What? Like Warriors will. So they're gonna win in five Where'd as that... well. Oh, five yeah. as well. Got it. Yeah. No, I understood that. I don't understand a, That's a being that assured that the Bucks are winning. Period is just no. Okay, I understand what he's going to say. I know what he's going to say. Nobody else on the Raptors wants to shoot beside Kawhi. I know that's what he's going to say. Well, that and the the Bucks. Have, so eventually, a team is what they like show you they are. And I'm someone who didn't think the Bucks would really even get this far because I thought huh, they were going to lose did? to the Celtics or even <clears throat> like the. The first seed, <laughs> not the first round. In the regular it wasn't. Season. They wasn't losing that first right. round series. So no, yeah, no, not so the first round. <laughs> as someone, as someone who thought the Celtics were going to beat the Bucks, I will tell you what the Celtics' biggest problem was. They don't have anybody, not a single player on their team that can match up with Kawhi on the def- or I'm sorry, with Giannis on the defensive end. Except Nobody. they didn't. That was, Except they that defended him beautifully in game one yeah. with Al Orford and a few other bodies. Marcus Morris running out there. They had guys to yeah, do it, and it worked really size. well. No, no, no. no. The their problem the was their star player no. playing like absolute trash. Their problem that's is, a, inner, is inner turmoil on that team, and we well, saw it all year. There was a Kawhi, ton of that. Kawhi can limit Giannis enough that the rest of the team will have to step up Hold on. Huge. You're that's assuming false, that he's going to guard also, Eric Bledsoe is going to eat Kyle Lowry alive. Yeah, that too. Who in the world else are they going to put on him? Yes, I'm assuming Siakim, they're going to put Kawhi. Yeah, I think Siakam's yes, going to guard him. Siakam's going to guard him. And Siakam did not have any success guarding Giannis in the regular season. So oh, I'm aware. Yeah, I, I their game plan should be, let's let Giannis get 40, and let's hope to God everybody else misses. Yeah, I shut down be, Middleton, did, shut down – yeah. Shut down. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only player he can name. <laughs> oh no! no I'm not. It's not a Bledsoe, thank you. No, I was gonna. I was gonna about to say Gordon. I'm like, no, it's not Gordon. I, I got you. No, no shut down Middleton. Shut down Bledsoe, and no you one know, else on that Brogdon. team scores that much. They need Brogdon to be healthy in himself. We'll see. I mean, we don't know. He's only played what one game, two games. But I'm say, I, I'm saying that to for for Bad the Bucks Bad to get past out. the Raptors, come on, they Turner. need Brogdon to be healthy and be himself. They really do, and he's had. I, nobody talks about it. Honestly, he might be the biggest reason the Bucks are where they are outside of the obvious. Because him having what really is a breakout year has really propelled them. And everyone acts like the Bucks are just Giannis, and I've done it myself at times. But his supporting cast really has stepped up this year. You have Bledsoe, you have Middleton, you have Brogdon. They've all played well, and they've played as a unit. But why are you live-tweeting the goddamn God, Clay. That's a commercial right now for Clay. normal people. Oh, my God. <laughs> he is slaying bitches right now. Like, everyone's, everyone who's watching Post on commercial, and Dylan's live-tweeting a game that's an hour behind. Right. who does Toronto have for three-point shooting? You got Kawhi. You got Lowry. Fred, Fred Van Vliet. No, I mean, Lowry can't shoot in the post. Yeah, Lowry, Lowry yeah, can't I know. shoot. I know. Fred Normally, Van Vliet. Yeah. 
It's Freddie because v. that's that's Milwaukee's and, biggest uh, and, weakness. And Danny Green defensively, Milwaukee lets you shoot the three. Milwaukee can shoot the three. He can. He just doesn't play anymore. Apparently, Milwaukee has shooters like everywhere. I, I understand except except Toronto wins Giannis. the series. Like Obviously. I know I've been. I think Toronto wins the series. I really I do. don't. I think I don't think it's going to be five though. That's just crazy. It, nah, if the Bucks win this series, God, they're winning it all. They, they just can't be stopped. The Bucks so far have looked like a much better team than Toronto has, and they have home court, and they have the best player in the series. I disagree with that. And they have a better supporting cast around the them. He's been the best player in these playoffs, and it's not close. I don't think Kawhi is a better player than Giannis. I said I, I in the playoffs, homie. I know. I no, said they're the best player in the series. I don't Kawhi agree, is though, because Kawhi has been playing I know you much better. That's obvious. I don't agree. Like, we we hear you. You think <laughs> it's going to be Kawhi is the best player in this series. Kawhi the best doesn't the have the jaw-dropping nature to his game that Giannis does, but if you're talking about overall game and well-roundedness and being a complete player, I, I don't understand how you argue that Giannis is better than Kawhi. It just doesn't make sense. No, you know what makes Kawhi, less sense? Is everybody who says that that shot by Kawhi was luck. Stop it, y'all. That's just haterade. Well, it was luck that it fell. Yeah, right. but hang on. The, the, the bounce was luck, but that's like the toughest shot that I've ever seen to hit. Right. like it's crazy. It's just hate. That, sh- that shit hit the rim four freaking times, and the first hit was on the short side of the rim where 99 out of 100, it comes back at you in one way or another. And his but somehow straight up. hits straight oh, up sh- and hits the inside of that rim. To knock it onto the other side of the hoop. I understand like, how physics works. Thank you. but I also, don't. I'm trying to figure out the physics in this one of how that ball hitting that part of the rim on the very first hold up, part hold up. was able to go forward gonna, in the air. Are we just going to let Dylan get away with a blatant lie? <laughs> what, the other hands physics? <laughs> yeah. I understand, I understand it better than y'all. Get out of here. You know you need to understand math to understand physics, and we've seen you working with math. Oh, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Anyways, <laughs> Embiid, no, Embiid was straight, was, uh, he tried, like, you see the screenshots, I mean, I thought he was going, it looked like he was about to fall right on his side with how he was guarding Kawhi there, and I'll tell you what, it was so cool, I love re-watching the replay on it, I've never heard a stadium so quiet before, it was so silent for, it, it, like, a, like, a second when that They're ball was popping They're all watching that around. ball bounce. That was a, but that <laughs> was cool as hell. But, uh, like, most buzzer beaters, and eh, they're okay. It's like a euphoric apex. This is, I've never seen anything like this before, where 20,000 people are literally silent. Dead silent. It was awesome. Uh... Until no, the ball went in. I don't know if they're dead well, silent, right. but Robert Ory for the win over the Kings... That was after a miss by Kobe, a miss by Shaq, and a kick out you know, knocked away by Weber, where all the fans in LA are just sitting there watching and waiting. Hood used to play for the Pacers, right? Who? Who? Hood. Ronnie Hood. Yeah. I know he played for the Jazz. He played for the Pacers. Yeah, he did, he did play for Indiana. I think he was drafted by them. Yeah, that's what I thought. I'm actually with Paul on this one. I, I've, like, I've been like looking at this series and seeing about who's got what. I came into it, my initial, th- my initial thought when it happened was, I think Toronto wins this series. I think nah. it's a seven-game series. I think it's going to be a head-scratching series, not unlike what Toronto and Philly gave us, where you have dominant moments by both teams, head-scratching moments by both teams. But 
Toronto is no scrub here. This has been a good basketball team all year long. Kawhi is one of the best players in the NBA. And he does have help, whether they choose to show up or not. He's got some great help. You got Mark Gasol at the center position, a top 10 center right there. That, Lowry, that is if not he can... the same Mark Gasol you know. I understand. Are you going to name good. me 10, well, also, 10 better centers? Uh, no. So the whole thing with top 10 center, it sounds a lot better than That's why is. I said it. Will you shut up? <laughs> Let me just stick with what's working for me here. God damn. That's why you think I said top 10. I understand what it means. He's so upset. And, Brooke, and Brooke Lopez is a better fit for the other team, even if he's not necessarily a better <laughs> right. player. It's more Marcus like, off. I don't know, talking player rankings is so hard because it's about what you bring to your own team. Like, Cantor brings so much to Portland, but he's not, like, ability-wise top 10, but he fits that no, role I, I, so I, I well. I love Cantor, though. He's anyway, so what I'm saying Somehow is Toronto, had, Kawhi's got help. It's not a scrub there that he's working with as far as a team. That's if they true. all show up... I think he's got more help overall throughout the bench than Giannis oh, does. No, no hell. Well, that's no. unquestionable. No, 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 no. no. So Absolutely in the not. in the semifinals, the Sixers benched average a little over twenty points a game. The Bucks benched average thirty eight. Yeah, so like, what there's are you a big discrepancy in, in how this, good their bench is. I just is. I just want to know what the Sixers have to do. Wait, with I this. didn't say yeah, I didn't say the Sixers. I said the Raptors. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you, sorry, sorry. No, he's the, showing the Raptors. The average, the, the Raptors average seventeen. You're right. There you go. My bad. Damn, that's, that's even much worse. worse. <laughs> <laughs> it's even worse than the Sixers yeah. somehow. Uh, but yeah, the Raptors average seventeen points, seventeen bench points, and the Bucks average thirty-eight. Is a yeah, no, no, no. I didn't. I didn't. Hang on. Hang on. And I didn't say the bench. I said. Ex- I said extending rating. to the bench. I'm saying Kawhi with who he has on the floor with him, extending to the bench. I think he has more help than Giannis does. Nah, like the the Bucks' entire second squad is better than the than Toronto's that, first that squad without Kawhi. Like they have, like George Hill has been awesome, all reliable, if you will. Tony Snell's got kind of that pit bull bulldog kind of guy. Nikola Mirotic <laughs> and Ersan Ilyasova are still player. there. I, I love. Hey, there we go. Yeah, let's yeah. trade for him. But regardless, look. As Why so, did the Pistons get rid of Chris Middleton? Um, he wasn't good with us. He, at the time, but, he wasn't. It was shrewd. It was a shrewd move. It was like getting rid of Aaron Aflalo a two years after you you got him. You know, it was just a shrewd move. But as somebody who championed Milwaukee this entire time, my problem is is that Toronto hasn't scored very much, and Milwaukee, as I had alluded to before, they are speed for speed's sake. And I'm just afraid that Toronto, who is a less deep team, and especially offensively a less deep team, I don't know how they're going to be able to keep pace for a seven-game series. I just don't. You, you slow the game down. Oh, awesome! How? Do you? What do you mean, awesome? How? Yeah, no, no. I mean, you have this great you take idea. Care of the, yeah, you, tell you take care it's of the Ka- basketball. Kawhi, Kawhi shoots every time and just like dribbles you, shot clock. Yeah, that's you how work they, the clock yeah, down. You work it inside the Gasol. You work it around with Siakam. They have guys they can work on offense. And Toronto actually plays pretty decent defense. Just not as good as the Bucks. Are we forgetting? And their, and their offense isn't solid. as good as the Bucks. Are we forgetting how solid Toronto was before Kawhi came? And then you added what a they, top five player. Did you watch this series against Philadelphia? They didn't score over 100 points in three of the games. How are they going Great. to keep pace with Milwaukee? How? They won the series, which means guess who else wasn't scoring? 
I don't know. Maybe they play something called defense. Philly doesn't maybe have a guard play, that can shoot. That's not the one same team. Of the team. best defenders in the NBA on Giannis. They're and not they having Kawhi guard him. Giannis is one of the best defenders in the NBA too. And also, Giannis is not being Giannis is not being guarded by Kawhi. It's yes, not going to happen. No, he's not. Yes, it's, he is. Siak, all he, three I mean, of he us. Can out, he can, can outmuscle Kawhi. I will be like, shocked the if they don't have Kawhi on him. Why would I mean, you? they'll rotate when he goes and gets into the basket because Kawhi's fucking short as balls, but. Okay. I you still know haven't heard. Kawhi would be offensively if he had to guard Kawhi is 6'7. He's not short as balls. He's short as balls compared to Giannis. That was his <laughs> but, but, that, but, that, but that's the comparison. Like, <laughs> right. He just, comparison. Called, he just called Zion short. And Zion's I do, I do still Kawhi. also love that I'm I'm just keep hearing, oh, but Kawhi, but you still haven't given me an answer how they're going to score over 100 points when nobody else is going to shoot. And we know right, Kyle so Lowry what if, what isn't going to show it's up. It's absurd. Okay, because I don't want to be mean. We know, but what if he does? What if, Kawhi, what if no Kyle Lowry does turn it on? It's been five I, years of evidence to prove right. that that's not happening. And he's awful against Bledsoe. Like, and Bledsoe like, is much is, is very much going to play with Milwaukee the same way how, that how many Ty points, Lawson how many did for UNC. Did Lowry average, how many points did Lowry average against Philly? Ooh. He went 9 points, 20 points, 7 points, 14 points, 19 points, 13 points, 10 points. What's that? Yeah, that's, probably like 15 like, if they. Like, yeah, nah, I don't even think it's 15. Well, is this, this is a high game 20? His high yeah. game was 20. He went 7 for 16. That was game two. Oh, God. They lost that game. That was the game Philly came back. Seven, seven points and nine points. And somehow you think that Milwaukee isn't going to just run them off the court. Well, he's got to stop being bet, afraid to shoot. The most the most, the most shots he took was game two with 16. Other than that, he took an average of like 10, po- 10 shots a game. He's not shooting much. That's the entire team, though. You're acting like this is just Kyle Lowry. Dude, did you? If you watched that game seven, it was amazing. But it was as Ryan was kidding about. But also, there's a lot of truth to it. They they had Kawhi must have had at, at least seventy opportunities offensively, he, seventy touches in, on their possessions because nobody else wanted to shoot, especially when it mattered. And Milwaukee is not going to have that problem. They just, legitimately, they will not. Every player on their starting five will take that moment if it comes to them. Toronto, they won't. you guys are so much overreacting to Game 7 where Kawhi took 1,000 shots. It was a microcosm of the entire series because every every bit of that game was emblematic of the entire series. You are acting like this is... You remember, I think it was Champions League. You bringing up soccer isn't going to... You're not... No, don't bring this up. Because it's going to alienate enough people as is. It's the perfect... it's It's the literal perfect example for what you are alluding to. It's not... It's not going to be like that. Lowry's going to average 16 a game. At least in this series. Oh, big bet. That's not happening. Yes! Ryan, you want to double up on this action? Yeah. Oh, my bad. Yeah, I'll double up on the bet. There we go. 16 points. Hell no. Sorry, I, I hit the I hit the mute button because I th- I thought it was already on mute. <laughs> this is you are wild, and the worst part is I still haven't heard anybody answer my question. 
You're, you're bringing up well, conjecture. You here. asked how they're going to keep pace. They're actually going to shoot the ball. They're going to do the things that they're capable of doing. Milwaukee is not that good of a defensive team. Toronto likes to take threes. Kawhi is better than Giannis. Milwaukee has a Ka- better defensive rating than Toronto does. Kyle yeah, Lowry is better than Chris about, Middleton. Like, what? Milwaukee has been statistically a better defensive team this year. And offensive team. And they have a better bench. <laughs> I just, yeah, like, what what, what am I missing here? <laughs> and they're better at shooting. <laughs> <laughs> we're, so bringing like, up, we're bringing up these facts, and it's like. That's why on. that's why I think, like, Milwaukee in five. They've looked, one, way more impressive throughout the whole season, and then they look more impressive. I don't want to count the first round because the Pistons, they just made me sad. Um, but they looked more impressive last series than Toronto did. You know what? And the more I'm talking about this, at first I said you were absurd about it. But I, I've talked myself into it because we agree more than I thought about this series, and uh, I think you're you're you may be onto something. Oh, next week is going to be fun. Look, mean, if it goes if it goes longer, next, next week's going to be just the three better. of us. First of all, that's true. <laughs> so you're just going to be attacking Ryan the whole time. If the next week, Dylan's going to be impressed unknown like he's the Undertaker. <laughs> hey, hey, Commish, we got to talk to you about this uh, L.A. problem we got here. Could you imagine the riots if LA had got like the number one? Dude, I already I uh, was people, people would have said it was fixed. By Easy. the when oh, it, yeah. while it was happening live, I was well, I was watching it and I told I told uh, Claire I was like, look, look, man, here's the thing: if the Lakers get this pick, I'm never watching the lottery again. I'm just not gonna do it. There's no chance. But they didn't. Didn't Cleveland get the number one pick the year after LeBron left? No, Cleveland got the number one pick three of the four years LeBron was I, in Miami. No, I know they. I know they did. Uh, that yes. did not answer my question. Yes, they did it for the first the year, year, the third year, and the fourth year. So the Pels, the Pels are kind of like Cleveland. Like they messed it gone, up on two so of them. Here's the number one. In fact, I think Cleveland, yeah. Cleveland had what the first and the fourth pick. The year yep. that LeBron year? left. Yep. Yeah, the year they got Kyrie with the first, they had the fourth pick also. Who'd they take with the fourth pick? Uh, uh, Zadrunas Ilgauskas again. It's the exact, I'm telling you, it's the exact same. No, they took Tristan Thompson. The Pels are going to trade AD to the Lakers, and they're going to have the first and fourth pick. No, after losing the their Lakers franchise player. cannot offer as much as Boston. He's going to Boston. What is Boston going to offer? Much more. They got the three, so they, and they'll they, give they up. They can Tatum. basically offer their. Uh, How does Boston players. have the three? And what am I missing? See, no, Boston doesn't have the three. New York. Has I'm the sorry, three. I, I misspoke. Um, I misspoke. My bad. I, I was thinking so it, because really, you know the trade rumors today for New York. Okay, New York has one pick higher, but what else do they have? They don't have anything on the roster. No, I'm uh, talking Boston. Kevin, Kevin Knox and be. Mitchell Robinson and Alonzo Trier. Exactly. Kevin Knox. And what is Boston? Have? And Alonzo Alonzo have... Trier is gone because he's pissing off no, all the veterans in New York. No one can ways. Well, there's no not going to be can... any more veterans in New York. So this is fine. They're all going to be gone when right? KD goes there. This honestly lined up perfect for the Lakers. No one can match both the package of players and picks that make sense for them to truly start their rebuild right now. I mean, it depends, like the it depends have... on which players they like more. The Pels. That's true, but I, the Lakers here pick two. Here's our roster. Pick two. Bye. I literally, so you got the Pels with the first pick, the fourth pick, and two young players. Why would you say no to that? Because if you don't like those players as much, but I don't know who David Griffin values more. It's like a whole different regime. Also, I'm sorry, but the conspiracies that I'm going to be concocting if he goes to the Lakers with David Griffin as the GM, I'm sorry, but come on. That's rigged. 
<laughs> he's helping his man's up. I'm like, that hasn't happened in the NBA for years. Jerry West Dan- did it. Yep. Danny Ainge did it. <laughs> Danny Ainge With, uh, did was it. Was it McHale? Kevin, Kevin McHale did it, really did it, giving giving KG to Boston. Literally giving. It just looks like me and, me and my uh, my associates are going to have a lot of visits before the draft this year. Well, we'll see. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll be talking to a few folks. The man with the connections all of a sudden. <laughs> so, uh, I, guess, I guess once you marry into the family, her side got you all these connections. <laughs> you ready for the I didn't know you were married into that kind of family, Dylan. Cam Reddish. I'd, I'd have been nicer to you from the start. If, if Cam falls <laughs> to seven. I got an army that, of Creole that ex, brothers. That actually be hype for you. That's probably best case scenario for Chicago. How would Cam that be hype? To, how how are people hype over Cam Reddish? Like, I don't understand. All the talk of his like shooting abilities. I hope he can do good. But it, I mean, he didn't shoot good last year. He shot well, like I shit in, in college. I don't, I don't want anything to do with him. That's 30, exactly what I'm saying. How, how are people hype over Cam Reddish? He sucked. Yeah, like, he's not know. good. Put I just Jared Culver. Give I me, mean, just give me Jared Culver. Hang on, hang on. I'm, let's let's be, be right. fair here. This is a guy who was the number one option probably since he was like 13 years old, and all of a sudden he goes to Duke, and he's not even the number two option. He's the number three option, and there are some because guys he that shot like crap. I understand, but you your know, chances are good. Like your like your rhythm of the game the is different. Because RJ and Zion were ball dominant. I'm just saying, this might be a case where the guy does better because he's the guy in the game. And we don't know. We'll have to see what Cam Reddish does, you know, where the big boys play. But as a third option, it didn't fit him very well. I don't know what there is to fit. If anything, it should make you a better shooter. Guys are not keen on you. You're, hey, you're telling me you're not, you, you want me to give you the list of guys in the NBA who are, who are honestly, and even to themselves better coming off the bench than being a starter. Because there's a list of them out there. They just play better coming off the bench than starting in the game. It's just something mental with guys. Everyone has their own thing. This might be Cam's. I have no idea. We'll find out in a few yeah, years. Cam, Cam's thing is he can't hit open looks. Also, Might as well do, call him Ben Simmons. Just a, just a little thing to point out here. You know the State Farm commercials with Chris Paul and James Harden? Uh, one of yep. them has them sitting at home watching a Portland Trail Blazers game. Just a interesting little little tidbit there. Some foreshadowing. Yeah, is rigged. I mean, it'd be, it'd be cooler if, like, the Blazers knocked him out. But, yeah, that is funny. Wait, are you uh, talking about just... the one where the mascot goes nuts to the music yep. and shoots up the house? Yep. I oh, love I that saw commercial. that commercial that's, like that's five hilarious. minutes ago. That's a great commercial. That, out of context, sounds horrifying, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure out. everyone who listens to our <laughs> podcast knows the commercial with the mascot shooting a t-shirt gun all throughout the that. house. You didn't <laughs> the, say the, that. The t-shirt AR. I'm I'm a big fan of the microwave one. Microwave. Oh, with James Harden's silhouette on the wall. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I that one, it, that one at least cracks he's, me up. James he's, Harden's he's, funny. He's, he's, he's funny that's in that a no one. beard though. It's, yeah, he cracks me up in that one. Speaking of, any of you guys ever ever watched Uncle Drew? Ryan, I'm yeah, sure of you have. I did. 100% I did. I have it on digital. Okay. No, I actually you, didn't because it didn't look good, but it was okay. on TV. No, you like should yesterday. watch it. Just watch it because nice you, you you'll be happy you watched it, first of all. It's got a whole bunch of people that you know in it, number one, not just talking wow. about basketball players. But I swear to God, I will stand by this. The greatest thing Chris Webber has ever done is in great, that movie. Man. I he was surprised is, that he I mean, had such a big Single-handedly role. tearing down Michigan was pretty well, yeah, no, I, I agree with that, too. But I'm talking about he, literal greatness. The greatest he, thing he's ever he is, done is Uncle Drew. The character that I he plays in Uncle Drew, while it's a complete and utter carbon copy 
of the preacher in Coming to America doesn't matter. Dude, spoilers. It's a freaking hilarious character, it, and he plays it great. Oh, who's his? Uh, who's his? And Lisa Leslie. Candace. Lisa Leslie oh, surprised Lisa Leslie. the hell out of me. I didn't even know she it was in it. Be... <laughs> that was great. <laughs> no, this oh. movie. I mean, look, this is not near the greatest basketball movie of all time. Not even close. No, but it's fun. It's it's, if you if you love the NBA, you're gonna enjoy this movie. I you know also low key the message in that movie was really nice too. Yes, yeah, yes. I, they, I they threw a nice there, like, there was yeah. a nice heartfelt touch to it. Absolutely. Yeah. Is it old guys can play basketball too? Well, it was just against it the anti aging thing, you know. I, I like that. It's like you know people can be old and you can still still ball out or whatever, you know that sort God of thing. Damn, Steph, Jesus Christ! Did you just see that? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm a little bit behind from where you guys are at, just not as much as Dylan. <laughs> I'm probably what like you, a. What did you just like see? A half a possession. Sorry. Stuff being ridiculous. Something you'll see in 20 seconds. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. He just scored on a layup. What are you talking about? No, no, that's not no it. definitely was not a layup. He. There's two shots he hits in a row, but the second one's crazy. All right. Well, he doesn't hit. All he right. doesn't hit the third one. Spoilers! Stop it! But we got a, a nine-point game he was, at halftime. He's close though. The two-time defending champs, 54, Portland 45 at the half. So about this series, I already said it's going to go uh, gonna go five, give them a gentleman's sweep. I assume you guys don't have the Blazers winning, but how far do you see the series going? Six. I don't know, man. That entirely depends on how they play in the Rose Garden. We'll see. I see five. I'm, I'm with you, Ryan. Do you, think, do you I, think they get both in the Rose Garden? I, the problem is, is right now Portland isn't closing out on shots at all. They cannot defend like this in, in, for four games. They can't. I mean, this is a, a undermanned team too, and they might get KD and Boogie back later in the series. But yeah, I, I see. Be, I, I think that KD train has sailed. I'm pretty sure he's going to set this whole thing out. I th- I think he's going to sit this series out if it's a sweep. We'll see. Or even if they're up like three one, like if they, obviously if they win in five, they will be. What are you talking about? KD is already in New York. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. He's mentally already there. But that's why I was uh, saying a little bit ago, I don't expect these conference finals to be super great. You, you might get some like close games, obviously, but in terms of the, th- the thrill that you had with the two game sevens on the same day, uh, I don't think you're going to get that. Or even like game six, uh, Rockets, Warriors. I don't think you're going to get that. But I think the finals would be pretty high. Splash. Uh, I mean, we were spoiled. Round two was some of the best playoff basketball we've had in many years. I know, I'm just saying, be prepared for the for the letdown. I, I honestly think both these series are going six, and I think Toronto's winning. And I, I mean, we'll see next week where we stand. I can't make fun of Dylan because he's not going to be here. But I will be sure to rub it. Oh, how many games we got? Three? Three games by the time we record or just two? Uh, it depends on the scheduling. It's going to be a... L- I think it's three. I'm pretty sure it's three. Hey, I'm look, I'm going to be too busy in the Windy City taking care of business, all right? You going to fix your Bears while you're there, get them a new quarterback? Uh, I got a lot of things I got to fix, all right? There's I, a lot of stuff. I, I, the only team I don't have right to fix now, I don't, I don't think Cubs. Adam Silver is going to be in Chicago next week. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have to readjust there. Magellan. Look, the only thing I don't have to fix is is the Cubs right now, except for their bullpen. So, <sighs> all right. Well, while Dylan's going to one of the Great Lakes, we're going to head over to a different Great Lake the in Cleveland, lake. where the now former University of Michigan head coach John Beeline is now the new 
head coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers. This came completely out of left field. I heard no rumblings of this before seeing that tweet early in the morning. And one of the good guys in a sport that needs good guys. College basketball needs their good guys because there's a very dark light on college basketball right now. And one of their really good guys just said goodbye. I just want to give the saddest part a great thank you to Dan Gilbert for sniping the Michigan program. Thank you for that. <laughs> go green. All right, Paul, go ahead. Sorry. Go white, Danny. The saddest part <laughs> point, is he's such a good guy. It It's part of what drove him to leave college basketball. I don't know how much you guys have heard recently, but he has expressed endless frustration about both the corruption in the sport, the direction of the sport, uh, the NBA, the one and done, all all of it. Beeline has been incredibly frustrated. He absolutely hates the new agent rule with kids because you're in limbo so long. Yeah. on whether they're going pro or not. And it's it really did make quite a mess. I mean, the NBA really, it's not necessarily their responsibility because at the end of the day, they don't really care how what they do affects the NCAA. But they have put on this front for a long time that they try to work with the NCAA. This latest thing with, with hiring an agent and waiting till May 31st to drop out of the draft, well... You're trying to fill your rosters. You have X amount of scholarships and spots on your bench. And you don't know if that scholarship's open or not. And by what good player is waiting until May 31st to sign with a college? So that is one of many, many issues plaguing college basketball right now. That they, they can't figure out if if kids should be able to go pro out of high school, if they should be locked into school for a few years, how long they should be able to push the process. They're all over the place. The and every year, every single year, there's a new rule change regarding right, it. So that is endlessly <laughs> frustrating. Uh, right, and yeah. you got away all with of that the one. corruption, all of the corruption in the sport, and you have one of the few truly, truly good guys. I, I can't remember who it was came out the other day. And said of every coach in high class basketball, high A basketball, he said John Beeline is the only one that he would essentially put his life on the line to say that he could guarantee there's never been any part of cheating at any part of his career. That he he really is one of the true good guys. Yeah, and it is yep. it's sad. It is mm-hmm. sad more than anything else to see him go. That's like but, a, a super extreme statement. Like, what are you going to put as your a life Michigan, on the line for? Yeah. <laughs> <As a laughs> like, you can just say it and have to take it there. Hey, he, he, that's how much he believes in John Beeline. Yeah. It's sad as it his is, son, though. Patrick? As, no, it was not his son. As sad Longest as it is for a Michigan fan. Well, it keeps getting interrupted, so probably infinitely that's, long. That's since I haven't long. been able to finish it's, it's a single fucking long. thought. Like, wrap it up, sweetheart. We get it. Yeah, he's a good guy. Jesus. I, I tried to say it one time, but there was like seven interjections. He fathered my children. <laughs> <laughs> I would die for this man. Whoa, okay. Jesus. I was super sad for like five minutes. But any Michigan fan that isn't just caught up in the moment of losing the best head coach we've ever had. John Beeline Steve is the Fisher best says, thing what? that's ever happened to Michigan sports. 
Who? Period. Steve Fisher says what? Steve Fisher was a cheating stop. asshole. What are you stop. talking about? Please stop. Don't do that. If you ain't cheating, do you that. ain't trying. Yeah, right. <laughs> Oh yeah, coming from the Arizona guy right now. I don't want to hear from you. I don't want to hear from you. Oh, they are. Oh, trust me, they are. Prove something. I've heard nothing but hearsay. The FBI is going to arrest Loot Olson at this point. Like that's how bad your program is. Poor man alone. I'm just saying, man. (laughs) Yeah, that's all anyone's doing is saying. Ain't no one proved a damn thing yet. I, I, okay. Whatever, whatever. whatever, Matt, Matt, they're gonna literally. Sean Miller is gonna be in handcuffs, and Matt, Matt (laughs) is gonna be sitting there like they ain't got shit on him. Wait till it goes to trial. That's gonna be Matt. He ain't going. Matt, and if NCAA hasn't done anything, the University of Arizona president has stood by Sean Miller. The University of Arizona has stood by Sean Miller. Could you imagine something? Prove something. If O.J. Simpson Simpson went to Arizona, Matt would swear to God that he did not kill anybody. (laughs) If the glove don't fit. He's not not guilty by a jury of the spirit. (laughs) (laughs) Except he was found financially responsible by a jury of the spirit. Because they had that jury in a white neighborhood. Well, oh, all right, yeah, and they yep, probably didn't botch the entire that was, investigation. Uh, that was just a money grab. Did you? I mean, <laughs> did you? <laughs> Wait, have you guys seen the OJ, the five-part OJ one? Because that shit's bananas. Yeah, the, is it 30 for 30? Yeah, the five-parter, 10 hours. The I OJ didn't see that. I saw, I, saw the, uh, I saw the one where John Travolta was oh, hammered. Oh, God, the FX show? I never, saw, I never saw that. I watched the real It was really stuff. good. Oh, it, dude, it's so good. It's on Netflix, though. Oh, yeah, it's super good. Big fan. Also, it's irrelevant to John Beeline leaving. <laughs> like, y'all, come on now. <laughs> well, unlike the shambles that Sean well, Miller well, is going got to a, leave he, his he programming. Like, Beeline... Like, oh, gee, well, okay, as much as I love you recanting your coach as being a good guy and whatever, like the whole point of this of this whole thing and what you were going to accuse me of, but I will say 100% I am wrong now, is that the coaching search, I thought Michigan was going to gonna really limp dick this. They were going to really go on the cheap, what have you. And I got to give your AD credit here, man, because I know Michigan State wouldn't do the same crap when Mark D'Antonio leaves. But y'all are going for some heavy hitters, and I was very impressed with the names I've been hearing that Michigan is going after. Uh, we really did lose the greatest coach in all of college basketball, and he is irreplaceable. But instead of being the greatest, sad, co- the greatest coach like, in all yeah, of college basketball, yeah, the greatest basketball? coach in all of college the basketball, the greatest right. coach in all of college basketball, no one has done what John Beeline did at Michigan. He took over a program that had been reeling for decades that was sanctioned into the ground after your man, Fisher, absolutely destroyed everything that we had. Wait, how's it Fisher's C- fault that Chris Weber took $240,000? Oh, uh, like he, Fisher No, no, didn't. hold on. Time out. He also had his own sanctions, so don't don't play that game. Yeah. Let, <laughs> That's let's why he not, got fired. Yeah, let's not act like his hands were clean. So, Beeline comes in and just completely resurrects a program. Poor guy went had to go to San Diego. (laughs) Like everyone else, (laughs) like every other Michigan fan, I was extremely sad for a minute. And Dylan did his best, and Ryan, of course, chipped in. They seized on the moment. That's Ryan's big thing, and Dylan's thing. No, Dylan's big thing, actually, is hit it when it's hot, right? 
Don't give yourself time to be wrong. Hit it when it's hot. <laughs> Enjoy it while it's happening. Don't think that's it through. Been his thing. I, I it's always been his thing. I appreciate that. That's fine. It's entertaining. So he gets in his digs. It's definitely He gets in his digs when he can. Dylan spent the entire day trashing the Michigan program, which he has since walked back, and I respect. Yeah, for, I had good place. reason. I didn't think this would happen. You're, pre- again, painting this incorrectly. I because said you, you jumped on it 30 seconds after it happened. What do you want? Dylan, so I, Dylan wants me to paint it in a different light. I'll tell you exactly what happened. John Beeline retired, and literally instantly, Dylan said our program is done and that he doesn't trust our school to make a decent hire and that Michigan basketball is going back to being irrelevant. So I don't know what more kind of light I can paint that in other than to say Dylan has since changed his mind when he realized that we have a real AD. And that's the whole point of all of this and why this should actually be a time of celebration for Michigan. Instead of a time of sadness, John Beeline was not going to be here forever. And the timing of his departure was not great. It would have been much better for the program if he departed next year. We have high turnover this year. We have a lot of stuff in flux. I would have really liked him to wrap up this class. Would have been great, but the good guy that he is didn't have got kids sign their letter and then dip on them. No, he dipped before then. But Michigan basketball, before Beeline took over, what kind of job were they? What kind of guys were they attracting? Tommy Amaker. Exactly. And now you look at this list that sports books are putting out, that it's rumored that Michigan is targeting, that has been actually verified and reported. The guys that they are going after are all the biggest names in the industry at any level. NBA coaches, high-level college coaches, coaches with national titles on their resume. We are not a blue blood, but we are clearly... In the next tier. And that is all John Beeline. He has literally built a program from worse than nothing. And in the fact that we're here and can potentially move on to continue that success should be cause for celebration, not sadness. Well, speaking of moving on, then, I'll start with the two Spartans. Not based on who you want to see, because I'd just rather see Tommy Amaker all over again. But who is Michigan going to wind up getting then? That's really what matters out of this now. You know, Beeline's time is over, so who are they going to get? I have an idea, but what do y'all think? Well, shouldn't we break down the realistic candidates first? Throw out the ones that are pipe dreams and actually talk about who is probably on the table? I would hope that we're going to just discuss who is realistic. I wouldn't think anybody's talking about Jay Wright because Jay Wright's not leaving Philly. If you're saying just who do you think we're going to pick, that's one guy. I mean, we should kind of establish the guys that are even in play. So the, okay. the whole thing with Michigan kind of like continuing the success that they had with Beeline is it is a great, obviously, let me start that. Is the whole thing Michigan uh, continuing the success with Beeline is it's a great start that they have this list of names of really accomplished coaches. What Ward Manuel came out and said was basically, hey, we want an accomplished coach. There's going to be a national search. That doesn't mean, of course, that the assistants are out of it. But what it does read as is the assistants currently there on his staff or on Beeline staff, were, uh, they're, they're kind of like in that second tier of guys that they want. Not even that they're bad coaches, but they're looking for someone that's more established. The whole thing with them continuing it, though, is they do have to get one of those guys. They're not going to be bad, like I said, with the assistants, but I think there's a big difference between getting a dude like uh, was it Sadie Washington or Sadie Washington, his first yep. name spelled weird, um, but getting him and then getting a guy who I think would be kind of their home run hire in Billy Donovan. I don't think he's going to last in Oklahoma City. 
And he has a lot of college, uh, a lot of college success, obviously. With and it's not even just the two national titles. Uh, so after the two national titles, he missed. I think he missed the tournament for a year or two, and then he went to like three straight elite eights, and then a, and final, then a final four. Yep. Right. So it's it's not like he just had this great team full of NBA talent and he was able to cash in twice and then like bounce out. The only thing with him is I heard and I hadn't uh, looked it up yet, but there was some type of some type of sanctionness around him. It didn't really sound like it was all too serious, but um, there was some some kind of air of you know uncleanliness or dirtiness around him that obviously you wouldn't get with Michigan. And I know they're very far removed from the Ed Martin, Chris Webber thing, but you you uh, you wonder like how much that's still going to factor into their decision, given that that is still such a big part of their history. And the guy that they just had was revered by everybody all the time for being super squeaky clean. But Donovan would be my guy. Um, he is the guy that I think they will end up ultimately hiring. Uh, so I think it'd be a obvious, you know, a great fit for them. Um, if they don't get him, some of the other like pie in the sky names. One one guy that I really think could blow up in their face uh, is a guy like Juwan Howard. He hasn't been a head coach at any yeah. level. He's an assistant for a long time. I just don't know like how, if that's the guy that you want to hand the reins to as a first-time head coach, that seems like it could be very overwhelming for him going for him because he's, you know, in a, an alumni part of the Fab Five. Uh, that's the one guy who I'd be actually like wary with, who he could tear down. He doesn't uh, seem like he's going to leave the NBA either. No, and that's a, that's another thing I heard. So I heard on the radio today was one thing that might have factored in Beeline's decision is he was talking to Brad Stevens or someone said he was, and it was like oh, yeah. Brad yep. Stevens was telling him how much he liked the NBA more because it was all X's and O's, and he didn't have to do you know the grueling part of recruiting, yeah, recruiting. or you know wondering like the like Paul mentioned the continuous cycle of players um, leaving and everything else. He said you know it's more just about basketball which it seems like Beeline's obviously pretty hype about. But I do wish him failure in Cleveland because they're in the Pistons division. Nothing against <laughs> him personally. So, Matt, what about what what about you? Uh, I'm of the same wavelength as Ryan, but I'm going to go in a different, uh, different direction, a little more east. I think Brad Stevens. I think a guy who just saw what the Come NBA on. can become as dealing with egos, megastars, and the headaches that come with it. And I think taking a quick flight over, it's only about a two-hour flight from Boston to Detroit, uh, heading over to a big-name program where he can inspire kids again and have a little bit more fun coaching the game of basketball. I think Brad Stevens is a perfect candidate to come over and coach University of Michigan. Well, uh, so... We have two guys who are college NBA hybrids, and I don't think that's even remotely a good idea. I think that those guys feel the NBA life. I think they want to stay there. Uh, their whole reason Beeline left. NBA, as we've said also with NFL jobs, is so much easier than college. It's so much more of the purity of the game. Yeah, you have to deal with egos, but would you rather deal with egos or recruiting trips where you're gone from your house for weeks on end? You know, I just, I don't know. I don't think that's a great idea. My guy, and honestly, it's a guy who I want at either your school or mine, Paul, that is, is the guy that I've been super hype on, and that's Mike White out of Florida. 
who is an obscenely good recruiter, very much feels like Billy Donovan 2.0. I have said it before, and I'm going to say it again. In three to four years, you won't have the chance to get him because he will be either going for an NBA job or he is going to be recruited by possibly North Carolina because Roy Williams may wind up retiring or leaving because of health problems. I really think, Mike White, you need to get him now because he's going to be gone. He's really awesome. The only thing is is that because there's that SEC money, Florida may just try to prevent it. But if you can, that's who I would go for. All of your guys' takes are so wildly interesting. So Ryan thinks we're getting Billy Donovan, which I actually don't. Uh, Donovan would be just the home run hire of all home run hires on the realistic front. Uh, it is, it's been put out there that Donovan would definitely listen if Michigan called and there's a, a solid chance that we could get him. But there's also, I've seen reports that scare me that Michigan is worried about the fit and might not be all that interested in Donovan. I would love to hire Donovan. I, I think it would be I, where, how often can you hire a guy with real next level experience that wasn't garbage it's not like uh, it almost feels like not quite the same but similar to Harbuston in the NFL where he had some success but things kind of went south and didn't meet ex- expectations right at the end and he was just over it and ready to go back that that's almost what it feels like to me with Billy Donovan Brad Stevens I don't think there's a chance in hell that we hire Brad Stevens. I was on record not that long ago saying Brad Stevens is the best coach in the NBA. Of all, and I, including Pop in that, I think Brad Stevens is the best coach in the NBA. So if we got Brad Stevens, I would literally lose my mind. It would be a bigger hire than Jim Harbaugh to me. But I also think it's a true pipe dream. I think it's interesting that Matt said, you know, maybe Brad Stevens is ready to come back to college. And Ryan was like, you know, Brad Stevens was just telling Beeline how much better the NBA is. I have heard that Brad Stevens might be sick of dealing with NBA players. And if that's the case, by all means, I thought you were going to say Chris Beard, Dylan. I really did. But I don't think that's realistic. It's not, because he's not going anywhere. His next stop after Tech will be the NBA, period. He is not leaving Lubbock for anything except the NBA. White would be a good hire. I think we are getting your worst fear in Jawan Howard. Ugh, but I'm God. not worried about it. Yeah, hope the Timberwolves scoop him up first. You better hope. I expect hope. to hire Jawan Howard, and oh, I think he is going God. to be an amazing fit. I think mm-hmm. the hype in Michigan, mm-hmm. if we hire Jawan Howard, mm-hmm. I mean, first of all, this is a guy well, who does break be. the mold a little bit yeah, because the hype, the hype he has fine, he doesn't but... have the he doesn't have the head coaching experience, but. In regards to specifically Juwan, what I've heard out of Ann Arbor is that that's not a big deal. That's not a deal breaker for them, right? Chris Webber and Jay Williams already campaigning for Juwan Howard. You instantly, I Chris Webber is coming to Michigan this fall, right? And he's is he? coming to be honorary captain or something like that. I thought he. Um, I mean, he might. Wasn't he honorary captain last year for a game? Was Webber? Yeah. Harbaugh. I mean, so the the yeah. thing about Jay Williams too is he thinks that Michigan needs a culture change. So I don't know how much yeah. we're gonna put. Well, hey, hey, I I wasn't stocking the, the stocking that. I was just the relevant ones, just the relevant ones. We don't want to get into the crazy section. All right, no, just the relevant ones. So 
Kansas. I, I don't see him leaving the NBA in the first place, but I also don't – I wouldn't want him. But why? Because I would want – here's why. Because I the reason why a known commodity matters is because you don't want to lose – any of the momentum that you already have attained as you had already said you're on the up and up and i don't want a project potentially ruining it even if there's a it's it's more of a boomer bust and i don't want to lose what i've already cultivated it is boomer bust but one of the biggest things is well there's there's two ways you win in college basketball you got to get the talent and you got to have you got to put the x's and o's together We've seen plenty of talented teams flame out with crappy coaches, and we've seen the complete opposite happen. Jawan Howard has spent years with who I think is one of the very best coaches in the NBA, not named Brad Stevens, and that's Eric Spolstra. You want to talk about an X's and O's guys and about a guy that can get the most out of his players and put his guys in position to succeed? Spo is awesome. Spo is the only real coach LeBron has ever had. Uh, forgive me if I'm missing someone, but I, I really – no, I can't think of another no, coach that's in his past. No, no, just Bo. And you saw what what he did getting that team. I, how much has it been a struggle everywhere LeBron's went to get everyone to mesh? And Spo did it the hardest way. He came into a team that wasn't his. It was D Wade's team. Chris Bosh didn't know where the hell he fit in. His role is completely different. Spo made it work, and I know they had great talent, but he did. He does not get anywhere near the credit that he should. For that run that Miami had, because but he wasn't big that's NBA because Pat Riley college. was behind him pulling all the strings. Well, yeah, that, but also comparing yeah, NBA he was on to the college is apples to oranges, and that's not real. I don't that I don't. But think it's that's not the right really. Pro- so that's and that's it a is. big thing. And Beeline went at length talking about why he was so comfortable moving to the NBA. He said the games are pretty much no different now. They're he not. He said the plays they're running, the plays that. The plays they're running, the plays we're running, is like, everything meshes so much now. We take concepts from them. They take concepts from us. They get, you look at how much ISO Michigan ran in the past couple of years. They yeah, it worked out great before. for Why? you. This, that's not the point. The games are becoming extremely similar. I they're not all that different. I don't agree at all. And basketball, on a fundamental level, is there's just not a big difference between the NBA and college other than you have better athletes. Jawan Howard... Learning under Spo, he has the X's and O's. He would come in with a ton of hype, and he would instantly relate to recruits. We would recruit probably better than we did under Beeline. And no, he's not going to be, I, there's no way he's going to develop talent quite as well. That would be a lottery ticket if he were to. But he has everything in place to succeed. Yes, it'd be boom or bust because he doesn't have the experience, but he would recruit well. He would unite the fan boy, fan base. He obviously knows Michigan, and he should be ready for There's a reason that NBA teams are interviewing him. So why wouldn't we take a shot on a guy like that if we don't get a guy like Billy Donovan? To be fair, it is the Timberwolves. Yeah. I, <laughs> and it's one of so those the, things where he kind of like time served, if you will. The, the Rooney rule. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. But as well, far as as far as Billy Donovan goes, there's not a lot of NBA jobs open. I think the Wolves might be the only one, if I'm not mistaken. Now that Cleveland filled their uh, stuff up, the Lakers have filled their stuff up, and there's no better job in college that's open right now than the Michigan job. So I think Dang, the, the timeline okay. there. Okay. Um, what other college jobs open? I mean, y'all keep telling me about UCLA. So didn't they hire somebody? UCLA yeah. got their coach. Who? Oh, what? Cronin. 
So yeah, see yeah, that it was so inconsequential. It was so inconsequential. I didn't even remember it. It's uh, even uh, your man. How do you not remember to, it's to your man? National title. But, How's uh, this for a name, Dylan? Greg Marshall. No, because I I uh, so that's that. It, I don't know. The problem is, is that number one, Wichita State has had nothing of substance for about three years now. On top of that, I just I don't know how he feels about the job situation he's currently in. If there's a specific one that he's looking for, I would shoot for somebody who is much younger. I mean, Marshall is 54, 55, something like that. I would rather the reason I would shoot for Mike White or Lavelle Jordan or somebody of that nature. I want someone much younger who is going to be here for another 12 years. Greg Marshall very easily could be at your school for only five or six years and then either call quits, go to the NBA, or, you know, take it, take another job if he does well enough. I would rather have a young buck. That's You lucked out with Beeline because he was at West Virginia before they went to the Big 12, and then he just hopped on with y'all. I would take a younger commodity. I wouldn't take Greg Marshall. I wouldn't take anybody who is over 50 outside of probably Jay Wright. I actually Donovan, agree 53. with 53. Get out of here. I, <laughs> I actually agree with pretty much all of that. I, I only bring it up because it appears that Greg Marshall is potentially very high on Michigan's list, and they have gotten permission to speak to him from just, Wichita. We haven't heard anything from him in a while, and they upgraded conferences. We can't ignore that. Like, they did go. I mean, it was kind of a marginal upgrade, but they did go to the AAC, and they haven't done anything. So, that would be a big concern of mine. I Mike White has proven his recruiting acumen. I think he is arguably a better recruiter than Beeline was. Now, Beeline was obviously better for his system, but I think White overall could bring you super good players. Like, uh, ones that will be on the caliber of who Michigan State gets. If you get I, what I'm saying. It's like you said. I mean, he's, in your opinion, he's Donovan 2.0. I think he the is case, the best young coach. 100%. And I don't understand why more people aren't more, wanting to get him more. I, I That's the thing I'm kind of confused about. Why didn't UCLA go after him? I do not get that. Well, let's not. <laughs> UCLA, I don't know if UCLA they knew wanted, what they were UCLA doing. UCLA wanted a big, big name. They wanted to get. It's going to be a big they, name. But going to be is not having a big, big name right now. And all the names that we're talking about are big, big names right now. When this story first dropped, and there was no list out yet of who Michigan was looking at, we first talked about this, and we were looking in house at a no, particular person right. who has turned that defense around, who isn't that old, who's been with the program, won with the program, and. Is there a possibility that if he doesn't at least get talked to, that he might leave the program? Oh, 100%. He's, oh, he's going to leave. But they're not going to get so, him either. They're not going to no, hire if they him, want I him. Say. But I don't think I, they do. I don't... I think they have a... Well, they obviously have a couple tiers of guys, right? And if they don't get the Donovans of the world, I think Yaklich is right in the mix in that second tier of guys. And... In the heat of the moment, you guys remember what I said. I said Yaklich or bust as soon as I found out Beeline was gone, right? Yeah, but then we we knew that they were was before. <laughs> that was higher. before I saw how high they were shooting. When I saw 
the first name, legitimately the first name I saw connected to Michigan was Brad Stevens. And I was like, what the hell am I looking at? And then I saw <laughs> Billy Donovan. And I was like, what is going on? Right, dude? right. I, like, we're that? Is this the kind of job that we have? Because I genuinely, I never really thought about it, but I look at Michigan as a tier two or three basketball school as far as an attractive job. But when you really break it down, they really are in the mix for like middle to top of tier two. But I didn't, to pull a guy like that would be crazy to me. So I, I always liked Yaklich. The thing with Yaklich, we've been waiting for him to leave. He's going to get a head coaching job somewhere, whether it's a smaller school school. or a bigger school. One just opened up for him. One did just open up for him. What I like about Yaklich is pretty much limitless. So we already recruit guys for his system. He's been here. The guys on the roster are obviously extremely familiar with him. The recruits that we're recruiting right now and the guys who signed with us are obviously extremely familiar with him. One of the most important things that I want to keep is the defensive identity that we have gained. And it doesn't have to be with the same staff, but a guy like Yaklich to, to have that continuity, and he's learned under Beeline for years now. I think, I'm usually not a fan of hiring in-house when you're a name and when you can go out and get someone bigger and better. But sometimes you do have a great solution waiting in house. Yeah. And in a case like this, if you sweep this, man? <laughs> he's not a Michigan man. We don't, it's not football. We don't need a Michigan man. It's not football. Yeah, they're there. Beeline wasn't a Michigan. They're man. actually a We're successful really program, so they care about you know All winning. Right, now that was uncalled for. That's just rude and accurate. <laughs> so if you swing and miss on your on your top tier guys, Yaklich fits so many things, and he can recruit. He can keep your defensive identity, which is what you've been built on the past couple of years. You're not going to have a drop-off with the guys on the roster, and you shouldn't lose a lot of momentum. And he could be the next John Beeline. I don't think he's going to be, but he he's young. He fits everything you want other than he doesn't have the experience and you don't know how he's going to do as a head coach. But if you do not make him a head coach, someone's going to. He is certainly not sticking around. So... As funny as I as this is, I never thought I would say this sentence, but the reason that Yaklich is not going to be the head coach of Michigan and will leave, again, I can't believe I'm saying this, y'all are bigger than that. You're bigger not. than higher. They they clearly are. Like that's Hang the thing. On. They that, think they are. What if every no, single no, one no. of these stop, coaches stop, says stop, no? Stop. Okay, so that's not going to happen for a myriad of reasons that are going to take too long to explain. Happened to but, UCLA. Okay, UCLA. I don't need to repeat my opinion about UCLA. I think Michigan's a better job than UCLA. But thing is, what I think is is a most surprising thing out of all of this and i admitted that i was wrong because at first i thought as paul had alluded to i thought you they were going to bitch boy this a ton and hire yaklich but they're not messing around they're doing the thing that i want michigan state to do in football they are just going after it they have the money they have the resources let's not dick around we let's be serious and get somebody who is proven we are a good enough program a good enough school athletically to do it i respect the hell out of it and Again, I think Michigan as a basketball school is bigger than hiring from within at this point. I never thought I'd say it, but that is a testament to what Beeline built to be able for us to even say that. But what if Yakliches are Narduzzi? I don't care if you have a prodigy. Like, Texas is clear proof like, of like this Izzo. concept. 
Well, it, uh, that's what kind of my fear is. Izzo's going to wind up doing the same shit, and it's going to annoy the hell out of me. I mean, but Izzo te- was an assistant to Judd, right? Yeah, yes, he was. For he many years. was. I don't know. I, I it's different. The way things operate now is a bit different, in my opinion, at least. But it, Texas football is proof of this concept being detrimental to your program. Texas was at the top of the universe, and then they had this weird contingency going around with Mac Brown, and now and look how long it took Texas football to get back because they kept insisting on hiring from within. I would much rather do the opposite, and I think Michigan, the fact that they're so willing to do it and being linked to these names that are not going to be cheap either, and clearly they're drawing interest, that's that's awesome for, for Michigan basketball. Too bad there's no fans to care, but it's still pretty cool. Still still got to hire them. I, they will. Like, I don't understand ha- where y'all's doubt is. But, I mean, people can say no. Like I said, I think it's – I think Donovan, the timeline matches up, and then Michigan's a better job than anywhere else in college, and all the NBA ones might already be filled. So I think it's kind of perfect there. So I do think they make a big hire, but I wouldn't be surprised if the guys that they want, like the big names say no, and they end up hiring Yaklich or Juwan Howard, um, even a dude like uh, Lavelle Jordan. Well, that's the, that kind of brings up my next question, and I we already know Dylan's answer. Who who is what is a fail hire? Who disappoints you if Michigan ends up hiring? I mean, Juwan. <laughs> I just said that again. Uh, or even like I don't know. Like if I were going to hire an assistant, it'd probably be Yaklich instead of uh, instead of Washington. I would be I would be pretty upset if we hired Saudi Washington. I I don't want honestly I don't. I don't really want to hire Greg Marshall either. Or even like Lavelle Jordan. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, he didn't seem like no, he I'd did. A, cool he did him. a good job at uh, at Butler this year. I'd be cool with him. I think he's a good coach. I think I think he'd recruit well. You know what the best part of this is? It's so it's it's actually the worst, and it's very frustrating. Uh, Mo Wagner's little brother visited Michigan today for his official. Les Wagner. Franz, <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> and uh, we're like, trying I thought, to I thought that was him. his name for a split second. <laughs> I was like, I oh, about it. I was like, oh my god. Cool. Uh, <laughs> that'd be pretty fantastic. No. It really would. Uh, I'd feel bad for the kid, though. We're trying to convince him that uh, a year at Michigan would be more beneficial than him being pro in his home state of Germany. And uh, we don't have a coach right now. <laughs> it's very frustrating. His official is today. It was today. The 51st state in the union. <laughs> no, no. Ger- uh, Germany has states. You know, what? I, I do, I do appreciate for. that Paul thinks that Germany is part of the United States. I know that back in the oh 1940s, he definitely wanted it to be. But. Oh God. Wow. That is that that is wow. slander. That is absolute slander. <laughs> that's I mean that's another another thing with uh Donovan that I would like is he'd instantly probably even out recruit what Beeline was able to do. Oh a hundred percent. He would be he would be the slam dunk hire. He has both the track record and he's not old. He would instantly yeah, he's, recruit he's bring credibility. He's but even if he's there for eight years that's young. seven or eight that's until young. he's sixty. 
Like, you have enough time to build a great program. He's a young 50. Guys aren't retiring at 60 years old. The only reason that if if y'all hire Billy Donovan, the only reason he'll retire is because of NCAA violations. I mean, wow. he is he is Ouch. a petit, he is a Patino, you know, assistant. I mean, we're just that, literally that, all true. over the slander. We're just a thousand percent slander right now. Okay, that's the other thing I'm surprised by. You say it's a slam dunk, but you would have a Patino disciple in your program. That's you could just wild. hire Patino. I mean, they you know <laughs> they do know how to bring win him basketball bring games. Him over from uh, what was he, uh, Olympiacos in Greece. Yep. Hey, Greece uh. is beautiful. Are we moving on to uh, Marvel now? Uh, yes, if someone please. transitions, please and thank you. Coach. All right. Even we'll though Matt never up. said who he would think is a bad hire. Oh my bad. This this conversation got so damn sidetracked. I had no idea there was even a structure to it. <laughs> there wasn't. Uh, it's Juwan. I. It I, is. It is. It's Juwan. It, it's it's it Juwan. It's uh, it is. <laughs> And yeah, I would be happy. I, would be I know you would be. You would be jerking We're off with all, all the say- other Walmart We are all but- saying for him not to. That's the thing. You know it, we would actually be really hype if you got Juwan Howard. Because in our view, that'll help us. We'd so, all be hyped. And then who the hell knows what would happen. Well, we would find but out. That's what- but before we do transition, I want to thank Beeline for losing to Michigan State 14 times in his career. I appreciate <laughs> you, Coach. <laughs> I appre- look. I appreciate and John Beeline. And maybe now they from- don't get Oakland's best player, which is fantastic. <laughs> you know, I would just like also, yeah. Let's give some parting words to John Beeline. John Beeline, I appreciate you for not being able to keep a second half lead. Y'all are mean as hell. This is one of the good guys. I enjoyed his rivalry with Tom Izzo. It was a fun, respectful rivalry. Little di- rivalry, little different wow, from the wait. one we get on the gridiron between our two head coaches. This one has a ton of res- mutual respect behind decorum. it. Decorum, um, absolute decorum. I think these guys actually like each other as well, uh, so that certainly helps. And he did no great for Michigan. You know how bad Michigan was. What state had a fourteen and three record? At some point before Beeline came in, like against no, Michigan. it was worse hard, than that. No, hard, they to, hate point, you, hard was, to hate a guy you keep beating. <laughs> they, no, <laughs> it was fourteen and three before Beeline, and a Beeline eventually. So what? What was his record? Ten and fourteen against us. Uh, yeah. Nine and fourteen. He nine didn't get and fourteen. Nope, he had yeah. three tries. No, no. Hey, he he had for about half of it. He actually almost got to ten, but then he gave it away. Y'all <laughs> mean as hell. Not his fault his players can't damn shoot the ball. This is a literally a phenomenal thing. Alan Silvestri, shout out. Okay, this whole thing's like a minute and a half long, so we're not okay, going to do something. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> well, we can talk during it. It's kind of blaring, so. Oh, I can lower it. Is that better? Not, not, not at all. It's so loud. Nope. It's still loud? Dude, it's like very. How far do I have to pull my phone away from the damn microphone? It's it's not that it's not that loud. I can hear your voice way better than I can hear the music. 
But it's you know it's more like it's not meshing with my. It won't mesh with my audio. Villain would you intro the damn MCU bracket? <laughs> We're here again for the final portion of our ultimate Marvel Cinematic bracket. The mouthful is almost over. We have our final four, dubbed the Beyonder Round. Anybody who understands that reference, you're a real OG. And we have our championship round. And so we have the teams as follows. From the West Coast Avengers bracket, we have the number one overall seed, OG I Am Iron Man. Up against the number three seed, Captain America Winter Soldiers, cut the music, and we are off to begin this, Mr. Griffin, in our first matchup, who is moving on to the championship round, OG Iron Man or Winter Soldier? This is a beautifully fitting matchup, just like their rivalry within the Avengers, their inner turmoil, Captain America and Iron Man going up against each other, but just like in the movies, in the characters themselves, Iron Man is much better than Captain America. He takes him down. He steals his shield and throws it in the crowd. Iron Man's moving on. All right. Hey, wait, wait, wait. Time out. Time out. We had a question to Ryan a couple weeks ago that, that uh, the answer uh, bothered me. Ryan, oh, have true. you seen Captain America Winter Soldier? No. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Yeah. So how does, that this, one. how does this man get a vote? When he hasn't seen one of the movies, and he's going oh, just off of his on. bias, his bias of the fact that Robert Downey Jr. is his favorite thing honest, in this freaking universe, and so Iron Man is his favorite freaking character outside of Spider-Man. Yeah, he's not my favorite character. Bitch. Outside of Spider-Man. In this universe, he's your favorite besides Spider-Man because it's Robert sir, Downey I'm, Jr. I'm going to need you to take a step down here for a second. I am mediator, sir, and I am going to going to throw Mjolnir at you if you don't chill. Look, What? Listen, you want an answer to that question, Matt? Put it this Not way. Not from you and your crazy way of thinking. We're, we're in America. <laughs> Dylan gets to vote, and he doesn't know anything either. So let's just... It's all right. I mean... That was, entire, subject, that was entirely just, pointless just, and unfounded and misguided. I and mean, as we, media, we let you talk as, about Bucks Raptors earlier, and you thought the Raptors had a better bench. So <laughs> there we go. Not a better bench. Not I a better bench. I didn't say bench. Not a better bench. I said extended we, to the not, bench. We never said. We never. It's not even about the bench. They have a better. That bench. has nothing to do with this, gentlemen. I will be cutting off this segment. Early, if you do not stay back on point, Mr. Roshan, your lack of decorum makes me think that we should invalidate your vote, but I will give you the opportunity to speak on actual terms on this matchup, please, if you would. We all know Ryan hasn't seen Winter Soldier, because if he did, there's no way he would vote for Iron Man. And you guys have been extremely upset with me in recent weeks, because I have touted how great the OG Iron Man is, because it is! But Winter Soldier is a masterpiece, 10 out of 10 of a movie, and built on everything that Iron Man laid the groundwork for. I said it when we talked about this movie earlier in the bracket, and I'll say it again. Captain America, Winter Soldier, might be the best movie Marvel has done. It was... Spoilers! I I don't... 
I can't find a flaw with this movie. This movie was fantastic from beginning to end. It brought so much. It introduced so many characters uh, that were very important for the future of the cinematic universe. And I don't think Iron Man belongs anywhere near this final four. So it's Captain America Winter Soldier. Well, I was surprised because I thought that uh, Paul Paul seemed pretty high on the Iron Man OG film. But I appreciate his... Uh, Transparency is not the word, but I, I appreciate his uh, enlightened mind on this matchup because 100% it is Captain America Winter Soldier by a country mile. It is the only film that is not of the superhero formula. It is a political thriller, and there's something to be said for that, where it is able to be a Marvel film that has its own genre it is a part of. Brilliant writing. Great combat in the actual movie itself. A fantastic twist, better than most films are ever able to pull off. And I'll be honest, the MCU has been going down ever since. I wonder what the and with that, are on these two. it doesn't matter because Captain America Winter Soldier, what? moving on the number three seed, again in a national title game, and we are on to the next matchup. Bucky's the MOP. <laughs> and we have another matchup, but this time it's going to be a tad different for uh, the first Avenger. We have the number four out of the Avengers Mansion region. We have the number four seed, Guardians of the Galaxy OG. They are stuck on a feeling of the upset against the number two seed, Captain America Civil War. Ryan, once again, over to you. I don't want to see an all Captain America final. No, you Guardians can't. You can't Galaxy. be biased like that. This isn't about that. This is about putting the right movie. It is the right movie. Okay. If it's, if it it's so good, let it be Paul. Guardians. But Spider Man's in it. <laughs> yeah, Spooder Man. It's the first time we see him. Don't don't taint the jury. All right, Paul. Overruled. He's Guardians of the Galaxy. Like Civil War is hype, but Guardians of the Galaxy. Are, we've been over this. I know you're grade A hater, but Gar- everything Guardians of the Galaxy did from being complete unknowns, which I know you hate, <coughs> you take great offense to nobody knew them before the big screen, so it doesn't count. But they, and on top of everything else they did, they really jump-started the extra comedy in the MCU. That's also false. That's not false. Every, every Avengers movie did it had its much nice earlier. undertunes and its comedic relief, but... Guardians of the Galaxy truly took it to the next level. It was the first movie in the MCU that people went in and they felt like they kind of just saw a comedy. And then Thor Dark World took that even to the next level. Or I'm sorry, not Dark World. Uh, <laughs> definitely not the Dark World. Definitely not Dark World. Uh, Ragnarok. Ragnarok. But uh, no, Guardians was transformational in so many ways. It's Civil War was just, it was what you expected, but it didn't blow you away. Guardians blew you away. This is really tough. These are two, in my mind, very enjoyable movies. Again, Guardians of the Galaxy, I had no idea what to expect. And I was very pleasantly surprised walking out of that movie. Captain America Civil War, very important. Bringing Spider-Man finally into the MCU. Uh, But more than that, it was how they took a very important comic book that did not revolve around James Buchanan Barnes. 
it revolved around other things that were not involved anywhere near the MCU. And they were able to spin that in a way that was believable. With yep. all of that, I think Civil War is a better movie. There was only one way that Civil War was going to be able to survive, and it didn't happen. Because Tony Stark, this time around, decided to be selfish and not die in order to help us move the right <laughs> way forward. And I'll be honest, I despise Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't find it funny at all. I think it's stupid as hell. People only like it for the very reasons I've said before, and anyone who says otherwise is just pretending. It's the same thing as people who at the end of The Avengers said, oh, I knew that was Thanos. No, you didn't. And this stupid-ass, overrated, bullshit, like, almost weird rom-com kind of humor movie. Oh, there's a cool soundtrack. Awesome. Does that help out with the poor writing of both the villain and the overall plot motivations? We are Groot. No, you're shit. But it doesn't matter, because Civil War, which is a movie I originally despised but have completely turned around on, is absolutely in the top two films in the MCU of all time. Every list has it as one of the top two. Cap is so much better than any of the stupid shit you're throwing in my way, but I'm going to go to nowhere, because that's where I need to be, inside of a giant skull, to brood about this dumbass decision. I'm so glad you bandwagon movies just as hard as you bandwagon sports teams. So angry. All right, so, so ninety-two percent to eighty-nine percent. Guardians of the Galaxy heads to the final. Two face Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Well, Ryan. I'm going to have you start off. Before we start off the final, we're going to do an in-memoriam, so to speak, where each of us are going to get a one-minute chance to recant one of the films we think should be in this final or should have at least gone much further than it did. So why don't you start us off? What is the film that you wish to remember fondly? So I'm going to remember this film fondly because y'all did it so dirty, which is Black Panther having to lose in the first round after Matt hypes up a soundtrack for Guardian of the Galaxy and then act like the one for Black Panther didn't exist is still mind-boggling to me. Um, but yeah, by by far the, the most upset I was that a film didn't move along. I love Spider-Man, but you guys did Black Panther so dirty. Shout out Wakanda. <laughs> All right, easy enough, short, concise. Paul, I know I'm not getting that from you, but please go ahead. What is that supposed to mean? <laughs> exactly no, what I said. It's very simple. Thor Ragnarok should have been facing off against Guardians, which would have been an absolutely perfect matchup. Uh, as solid as Civil War was, it was not Thor Ragnarok, which completely redeemed the franchise, the character, the actor, every single thing. Oh, so it's, it's uh, Captain Ragnarok, America's fault that didn't need redeeming? Ragnarok, one of the most... <laughs> One of the most influential movies in the entire series, Civil War, was kind of just there to set up other things, and we got to see Spider-Man. Easy enough. And <sighs> Matt, why don't you go on and bitch about why Endgame's not here? Well, no. First, it's why wasn't Captain America, the first Avenger, able to get by Iron Man? It's because you bastards made me use my super seed on this Endgame death battle. Um... Yeah, and then Iron Man made it all the way to the final four. Which it had so nowhere near getting up. there, and it shouldn't have. And y'all are freaking crazy. 40 minutes of a movie. Call us Butler, bitch. Anyway, to leave out a movie as fantastic as Endgame that made most people in the world laugh their asses off, cry, be absolutely shocked, 
and sum up 10 plus years of movies to not let it get its footing in this bracket is a miscarriage of justice. And if I had the ability to snap my fingers and fix this, I would. Well, it's too bad because we cut your head off because we have PTSD. But my thing is I think that Captain America is, number one, the best comic book character ever. And very American, much more so than even Superman is. Much more accessible. His The fact that his superpower is his, his willingness to sacrifice, that is powerful. Especially in the modern age of divisiveness and bullshit and lies. He is all about... And is stronger than and all that as well. Didn't that come with the super serum? Okay. You really about you really want to I mean, be doing he, that right he, now? He, I mean, he ain't Batman. <laughs> I said his best superhero trait. His superpower is his willingness to sacrifice. Everybody can, in can Marvel he throw a shield like a boomerang too. <laughs> guys, he's in Marvel. Being strong is not special. Being able to sacrifice on a dime without a question's notice because you know the truth of the greater good is. So and there was intangibles. And it was there was nothing that was more emblematic of that than the conflict between Tony and Cap in Civil War. Civil War is the most impactful film outside of the original Avengers. It was so good that most people deem it the actual true Avengers 2 over Age of Ultron. It had a great fight. It had actual twist on the comic that was, I would argue, more compelling than the comic itself. The Sokovia Accords are a fascinating plot device, and to pit two of these pillars of the MCU against each other in that way, and that final fight between them where Cap just beats the ever-living hell out of Tony and makes his decision to side with Bucky and the truth and not this police state that Tony wants was so powerful and so much deeper than the shallow bullshit of a talking sassy raccoon, a dumbass tree, a green lady with an attitude problem, and Chris Pratt without the weight when he's more fun. So. So, well said. A little bit. Here, no, here. No, no, no. No, no. <laughs> I got to nitpick two things. Matt, you can't say Endgame didn't get its footing when it won. Two rounds and made the elite eight. It deserved then, the final four. Which is also, hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's not called the elite eight. So, what call do we call it? Right the heroic eight. What the fuck do you want to call it? The gauntlet round. So, the end the game is Duke. Round. Whatever. Whatever. Then, How dare you? You can't say Civil War is Avengers two, and then talk about the Sokovia Accords, which were a direct result of the actual second Avengers. You can call it the third Avengers, but literally, Age of Ultron set up Civil War. No, the point of it is that it was so much better and was a more true Avengers concept of a film that most people ignore Avengers Age of Ultron and just look at Captain America Civil War as it. I understand people ignore it. Valid opinions, except Matt. My problem with Matt in Endgame is it had it. You're not judging just Endgame. You are judging the culmination of the MCU. And that's not what this is about. You need to take these movies Which in, and of in itself isolation. Is poor. You gotta take these movies. The in movie isolation. was partially about that. 
I mean, he's not. That is true, but I would also argue I think the execution, and, much in the same vein as Game of Thrones, just wasn't nearly as satisfying that's, as the right. journey. But that's what you think. It wasn't your argument. It was my argument. I think they did a beautiful job on summing up a whole bunch of storylines in one movie. Except I think I they, think they, they did just a great job in, too. But, but if they you add take in the unnecessary whole, others. If you take the movie in isolation and compare it to other movies in isolation, it was not as good as the movies we have left. Oh, I 100% agree with that as well. But And, and honestly, that is probably the most potent criticism of Endgame is that on its own, it's just not nearly as good as any of the other four films that we and have. I, I disagree. Which I'm okay with. I disagree. And Dylan, it you, did you... what it was supposed to do. And the other thing is, too, I just don't really, I don't, look, you read comics a a lot more than I do. I prefer much more closed-off storylines. So, in fairness, you are far more tuned to this concept. But one thing I hate about comics in general is there isn't a finality to the story. There's always this retconning. There's always this nonsense of parallel no, no, no. universes there and all are this clashing. And those are the stories you really remember are the finalities. But you it's get what I'm Batman saying. Batman having his back I, broken. It's Superman hate, dying. It's Captain America I hate Crisis on Infinite Earths. I hate... I honestly don't really like the original, the comic Civil War. I don't like Secret Wars. These team-ups never pay off Secret the same Wars way. terrible. What, but they never pay off the same way no, for Dylan a reason. No, Dylan is 100% right, and that's why, that's what MC, the MCU has done such a great job of, because the comic book world, the deaths being meaningless, people dying and coming back four or five times, that doesn't work in movies. That doesn't work in the real world audience, because it feels cheap, and it feels lazy, and it doesn't, yeah, you invest... Big. You invest. There's no, there's no stakes. You invest exactly, and you invest all this, and then it feels like it's kind of all for naught. And that was a big concern with how Endgame was going to go after. Um, I'm I'm losing my mind. Infinity War. Infinity War, and it felt like everyone died, but you knew that it wasn't going to stay like that. You didn't know how it was going to go down, but you knew it wasn't going to stay like that. And that's where, so outside of great acting and the cool moment you had with Spider-Man, none of it really felt that impactful. Like Infinity War, you had all these people die, but you didn't feel it because you knew that wasn't the end. And that's the problem with, as Dylan said, comic books as a whole. And it's what they've done such a great job in the MCU is keeping it into arcs. And doing a really good job of telling a singular arc and connecting things and not making it feel cheap, which is incredibly hard to do, but they've done a great job of it. And also, one other thing to add is that I think you, Matt, and I both agree that Cap's arc in the MCU is the best out of any individual characters. And I think Civil War does a better job telling a singular arc than Endgame does. I'm honestly not very interested in the overarching colossus threat that Marvel has set up. I'm not interested in Thanos. I never was. I didn't really care. I did care about whether Cap and Tony were able to see eye to eye or whether their differences would keep them apart forever and cloud their judgment and turn hate, turn friends into enemies. That is more interesting and also a much more clean story arc of those three films than Endgame was. 
Because to be fair, I could argue that the original Avengers is the only one that tells a clean story. Age of Ultron sure as hell didn't. Infinity War was half a film with a really poor ending portion, as Paul had said. And Endgame resolves it in a way that, to be fair, is just as lazy as comics by adding in all these alternate universes that's, and that's time That's the travel. one spot I disagree with. I think Endgame did as good of a job as they could have. But that doesn't mean it was good. No, I, you, I think it was good too. You just hate time travel in any way. But I don't. But you get. But you them. get what I'm saying. That's why I think that Civil War w- it has to be in the top two. But the fact that it's not is based on preference. That's fine. But if it were Endgame and Civil War, it's not a question to me. It's Civil War. Okay, but something that you are leaving out and missing for whatever reason when you each. look down from your ivory tower is that you are watching <laughs> a comic book movie. These are comic books. They are based off comic book stories. So you are going to get comic book elements that but make these adaptations. movies what they are. And but they're adaptations that are able to morph to the medium they're in, and Civil War does it better than Endgame. Oh, I don't know. I, I wasn't arguing for Endgame to be in the finals. This is Final Four. I think one of these movies has no business in the Final Four, and the other one, <laughs> an argument can be made. To, I, I still enjoy it a lot the more The sad than thing did, is but. you and Dylan agree on Iron Man. I, I've said it. I've said it every single cast. Phenomenal origin story. The rest of Iron Man leaves much to be desired. Well, but he is with Man. that. With that in mind, we That's have not for me. our final thoughts being done. But I think I think we know who our crowning champion is. And I'll be honest. I I from the start, this is always going to be my number one, and it, my opinion will never change based around any counter evidence that is said before me, and. That is, we have Captain America Winter Soldier against Guardians of the Galaxy. My hand is tipped, obviously. We know Ryan's is tipped. It's really on Paul and Matt to see who is the crown. Who wears it? Well, let's hear your reasoning. I want to be persuaded. You and Ryan. So, I'll let Ryan go first because he hasn't spoken in some time. That's because it was supposed to be a minute. And then, <laughs> I don't know where the hell that discussion went. Um... <laughs> But I saw the original Guardians of the Galaxy, like, shit, many years after it came out. Um, I don't know how long it's been since it first came out, but it's probably like three or four years. Five years. After five. Okay, cool. So I saw it literally like a year ago, if that. Um, and I really enjoyed the film for seeing it so late. It didn't really feel like it was outdated. I love the space elements that it brought to it because it was different than any of the other Marvel films that I had seen before. So it was a movie I really enjoyed. I thought it was hilarious, despite, of course, what Dylan says. Um, The acting, even Bradley Cooper as a voice, is uh, a character that I love and just an actor that I love. Um, so So I really enjoyed it, and obviously I hadn't seen Winter Soldier, but... I'm going to vote for Guardians. So my way of convincing you, Paul, about to pick Winter Soldier over Guardians is it's a three-point plan. The third one is obviously my strongest point, but my first would be the thing I've said already, which is that Guardians is, is, regardless of what you think of its humor, it's very formulaic. It is an origin story, and it does follow a lot of the same beats as Marvel films and the same pitfalls. Captain America Winter Soldier is not that. I could have you watch Captain America Winter Soldier independent of you knowing it's a Marvel film, and you will still almost assuredly think it is a brilliant movie. 
on its own without a connected universe. With Guardians of the Galaxy, you cannot say that nearly to the same confidence as Captain America Winter Soldier. Number two is that Captain America Winter Soldier's twist is so profoundly good. The fact that they're adding in Hydra so far along later, and the fact that we thought that Hydra was done after Red Skull, but the fact that they are such a bigger threat, and especially in a political climate where trust is very lacking, it's a, so much more powerful now to have this sort of police state narrative, this underlying underbelly of criminality that with Guardians, and especially with Ronan, it doesn't connect the same. And the third and the most important one is that with Guardians of the Galaxy, there are legitimate flaws. Now, you can say that there's, its strengths are better than its flaws, but with Captain America Winter Soldier, there is not a flaw. There is none. There is no flaw. There's no problem with pacing. There's no problem with character development, dialogue, combat, story, villain, none of it. And that is the biggest point, is that just by it being the best, it is the best because it has no flaw. It is North Carolina 2009, whereas Guardians of the Galaxy is very much similar to a Duke of 2015 or a Virginia of this year where you could argue the bracket was weak or you could just argue that, yeah, it's really good, but it has enough flaws that it's not the best. So I appreciate all of those wonderful thoughts, but I'm going to tell you they didn't matter. Shocker. Because Captain America the Winter Soldier is in my top five movies of all time, of any genre, in any context. <laughs> you bastard. Literally flawless, start to end. Characters that you love. Some characters that you didn't know that well. The twist that you've brought up every single time we've discussed it is... I mean, is well executed as in any movie. And I'm not just putting that up to standards of our superhero fare, what we've been discussing. It was a story, a wonderful story. It was emotionally gripping. It was unlike a lot of what we've seen, plot solid, pretty impenetrable. You were attached and you weren't just along for the ride. You felt like you were a part of it. It was part thriller, uh, part superhero movie, part human exploration. It is still the most driving movie, superhero movie, of any time, ever. And I do not think, especially where we are in the MCU, and I certainly don't expect DC to come up with anything of the sort, I don't expect to ever see another movie like Captain America Winter Soldier in this kind of environment. I don't think it can be outdone, and I think... In 20 years, when there is another 40 of these movies, I think it will still come out on top. Guardians of the Galaxy, when it came out, I remember hearing people talking about, you know, people of that generation seeing Star Wars in the theaters and just being blown away by what they saw, not knowing that could be done. Uh, We talked about it before. With Guardians of the Galaxy, we didn't know what to expect. These aren't well-known characters like the Avengers are. Um, They had some big names playing certain ones. They had some up-and-comers playing certain ones. Uh... And in my mind, they told a very fun story. And I really enjoyed myself watching Guardians of the Galaxy. And I enjoyed a lot of the characters. 
Captain America Winter Soldier has undertones of movies, great all-time great movies like All the President's Men. Uh, it's got fantastic relationship building, as does Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, but in a different way with these characters that we already know, um, seeing Cap and Black Widow, seeing Cap and Falcon, um, you know, seeing Nick Fury and Alexander Pierce, uh, seeing these characters uh, together in their own scenes and, you know, with the twists and turns. Winter Soldier blew me away. I had such high hopes for it, and it hit every single one of those high hopes. And I said it when we first talked about this movie. This might be, and I think is, the best movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Captain America Winter Soldier was a fantastic movie from beginning to end and is absolutely worthy of winning this bracket. Just like just like the Virginia finale. I'm very dissatisfied. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan I made me upset. If but, it had tied, yes. The the audience score was also tied. No kidding. At 92% between these two movies. The only thing that separated them. I knew Bill was going to go there. Oh my god. Alright, so Guardians had a quarter mil. Yep. Winter Soldier had just over a quarter mil. There's about 20,000 votes separating them. So very close. Yeah, that's not enough to make a difference. Critic consensus. Yeah. The Winter Soldier loses by 1%. That's asinine that nine, that ten percent of reviewers say it's bad. I don't understand that. Uh, oh, beautiful! And we I, give our salute. I will say though, I think that is fitting that we concluded with those two movies, especially with how split. I mean, the scores tell the story. How both, the, how highly rated they are, and I think those are the two highest rated. I don't really feel like pulling up every single one but we've pulled up most of them and i can't remember any scoring higher than 92 i think they're the two highest rated mcu films and critics also nah, there are a few others <sighs> I want, but regardless i want to go watch captain america right now <laughs> i do I as well and right i would now. hope that you i would hope that you all do as well as we have the final score we give our salute this was always the mcu was always cap story he got his happy ending, and so did we, not in a weird way. So did Robert Craig. Captain, Amer- Captain America Winter Soldier has won the ultimate Marvel Cinematic Bracket. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute you for listening. We thank you, Cap, for your service. Everybody have a fantastic week.